You are listening to episode number 22 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Today's review of the week comes from CJ Lilbit. <laughs> I'm loving that name. And it says, a freaking passion. She gave us a five-star review and said, Evie and Lindsay crush it in the passion department. Wrap all that in the thick layers of knowledge, and it's like a present that is as much fun to unwrap as it is to own. I once listened to a podcast where the speaker, (laughs) I can't do this, where the speaker sounded like he was half sleeping under his desk in his cubicle at work. (laughs) This is not that. (laughs) These girls give it all. Every podcast is packed with their expertise and it's freaking fun. I cannot, CJ, that was amazing and so hilarious. I actually snorted reading that review before. We really try to bring you guys tangible business and life takeaways while also simultaneously bringing a lot of entertainment. So we're so glad you guys really appreciate what we do and our hot mess over here. If you are loving this show or have gotten anything out of it, please subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on to be notified every single time a new episode drops. And if you want to go the extra step and be even more cool like CJ, take two minutes, guys, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you make us laugh, we will probably read it on the show. If you make us cry, we will also probably read it on the show. Um, Seriously, guys, we love reading these, and it helps us continue to serve you more and more. You guys are the reason that we are now able to release episodes twice a week. So... We can't thank you guys enough. You are the best. And now, on to one of my favorite topics in the entire world, productivity. I love teaching on this because it is something I am personally trying to implement more and more and more and more in my own life. I love what I do, and I love business. And finding ways to work smarter and not harder is my goal. So today, Lindsay and I are going over five ways to be more productive in your life or business. So if you're the kind of person who works sun up to sundown, has a million tabs open on your computer, bouncing back and forth like a scatterbrained squirrel, and then you get to the end of the day feeling like you accomplished nothing, oof, this episode is for you, my friend. I have been there, and this is going to be a treat for you. So don't go anywhere. Let's dive on into this goodness. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast, guys. We are so excited you're here. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you for coming again. Welcome back to the party. (laughs) Welcome back to the party. Today, we are talking about five ways to be more productive. It's one of our favorite topics, like Evie said in the intro. And so we're so stoked to dive on deep. We're just super 
stoked on this episode. So let's just I might just get, get really right nerdy. I'm just going to yeah. warn you guys. I might get really, really nerdy on this episode. So just bear with me. Still love me at the end. I would just appreciate that. Just okay, envision her wearing glasses with the little tape <laughs> in the middle. All right. So tip number one on five ways to be more productive, batch working. You probably have heard that before and you've probably been like, I roll. I get it. Yes. But here's why it's so, so effective to being more productive. And I'm the worst at, at the, or I was the worst at this. So I used to be the type of person that would open my computer, have a literally 5 billion tabs open. And honestly, I did this before, a lot before I had Eloise, my child. And I would just start my workday nonchalantly and I would bounce back and forth from task to task to task. Task to task to task. (laughs) Gotta keep that K on the end. Um, And I would just be so scatterbrained and so like all over the place that I would never even focus on like one thing deeply or more intentionally. And what that did was ultimately I would work and then I would just feel like, okay, I what did I get done? What did I get done today? Like I I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so batching can solve so many of these problems. If you batch work, what that means is just taking one task that you do in your business. So say that's emailing or say that's content creation or say that that is blogging, whatever it is for you, take one day a week and designate that day to that task. So for us, podcasting, for example, is one of our tasks that me and Evie need to do. We have designated Mondays, although ironically today's Wednesday, but that's neither here nor there. Today's (laughs) This week's rough. Anyways, normally it is Monday that that is our batch work day. And so we don't work or we don't focus on anything else that day that's, yes, that doesn't mean other things aren't as more or aren't as equally important, but Mondays are our batch recording days. That's when we batch it out and we focus purely on podcasting on Mondays. So that way we can focus on blogging on Tuesdays or whatever it is on any other day. So that's kind of the, the breakdown of what exactly batch working is. You can knock it out in one fell swoop and give that task your full attention, which helps you go deeper, which then ultimately helps you work harder. And then you're not working as long if you just batch it out all in one go. For example, like if you're blogging, instead of just writing a blog here and there and not really getting deep enough to think about it, you're just like you're say you have five topics and you just knock them out all at once, like from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., like right, 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 let's go, no distractions. That's batching and it, it works so well and it helps you focus a lot more. Yes. And the thing with batch working too is our brain only has so much capacity to focus and to handle certain things. Mm -hmm. And so when we're constantly having 20 million things going off in our head at once, we're not actually being anywhere near as productive because our brain is just firing and and jumping from A to B to C to D, A to B to C to A to B, F to A, A to B. and, And our brain isn't able to fully settle down and lock in and focus on one thing. And so the great thing about batch working is that not only are we shoving out all distractions, out of our brain and giving full capacity and space to focus on one task. So not only are we able to usually do one task better, but we're able to do it faster because our brain is no longer distracted with all this other clutter that's taking up this space. And so for Lindsay and I, let's using the podcasting example, we're able to focus on Mondays on writing out the outlines for other podcasts that we're about to be recording and then not like record four or five podcast episodes or whatever it looks like that day and knock that out so that for the next week, 
we are able to completely focus on other things and not have that distracting our brains. We're not sitting there thinking, oh shoot, we need to record that episode. Oh dang it, I need to write that outline. Oh man, this needs to be done. Our brains are able to let that go until it's time for us to batch again. And that's super helpful for us to be able to give full attention and full capacity to other tasks. So batch working is such a productivity hack. If you are not already implementing this in your business, start doing it now. It's such a game changer. Yes. Okay, and then on to number two, get more sleep. Mm. And I know that probably is giving you a little what? Because you, when you think of productive, you don't usually think immediately of sleep. <laughs> but those two ironically go hand in hand. If you, my friend, are running off of fumes, you ain't gonna go far, my pal. Like, you're not gonna go where you wanna go. Fumes will only get you so far before your car starts sputtering and dies on the side of the road. Dude. Sleep? Yes. (laughs) Sorry, go for it. I just wanted to insert, I've, I've seen a lot of people that almost glorify the fact that they're not sleeping Like, Mm -hmm. I'll see people on Instagram that are, like, up at 3 a.m. and they're like, this is my prime time. And, okay, maybe if you're getting, like, seven hours during the day and you're just a vampire, then, okay, fine. You know, it's fair. (laughs) You do you. But but I think when I see so many of those posts, it's, like, it's glorifying that idea of, like, oh, I'm hustling so hard. I'm doing all the things. Screw sleep. And it's, like, well, that might work for, like, a week or maybe a month, but, like, that's going to burn out real fast. Yes. No, it's so true. And I think that's something that a lot of people glorify. Uh, the hustle, again, this comes back to, you know, hustle, 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 no rest, no breaks, no sleep, no no family time, nothing, no fun. And that's actually less productive and way less efficient. So sleep is so vital. And the coolest thing about this is that most of the biggest CEOs in the world are usually the biggest proponents of sleep. And I read a book recently and and read a bunch of information on some of the biggest CEOs and their beliefs on sleep. And Bill Gates is such a prime example of sleep and how vital it is to our productivity and to our creativity as well. He used to pull all-nighters when he founded and started Microsoft. So in the early days of coding and, and putting out all of all of the stuff that he was creating with Microsoft. It was such a hustle, hustle environment. He would pull all-nighters, sometimes even multiple all-nighters in a row to finish projects. He was like regularly not sleeping. He was the king of no sleep, the king of hustle. But guess what? His tune wildly changed over the years. And Gates now says that he requires a full seven to eight hours of sleep every night, and it's a non-negotiable for him. When he was asked about his old sleep routines, he actually even said something along the lines of, like, I knew I wasn't as sharp when I was operating mostly on caffeine and adrenaline, but I was obsessed with my work, and I felt that sleeping a lot was lazy. Mm. Hmm. I wonder if that rings a bell with anybody. Uh, that listening. rings a bell with me. As, <laughs> yeah, a, as rings- a Enneagram three, I know I say that all the time, but wow, that like <laughs> that hit me hard. <laughs> it it actually rings a bell with I think most of us. We think of sleeping a lot as like that's a lazy person, but the quote goes on to say, "But now I realize that my all nighters combined with almost never getting eight hours of sleep took a big." toll. So the fact that Bill Gates, who obviously is like pretty much the most successful and wealthy person in America, is saying that sleep 
is he's, he talks all about, he requires seven to eight hours of sleep every night. And he thinks that that was a really stupid mistake that he made by pulling all nighters and not getting seven to eight hours when he was building Microsoft, because the productivity that you get from actually having a well-rested brain and body is mind boggling. So not sleeping guys is not cool. Like it's, it's not a cool hype thing to be getting three to four hours of sleep every night, even though I know it's been portrayed that way for so long. It's just plain stupid. So if you want to be productive, make it a top priority in your life to get seven to nine hours of sleep every night, depending on, on you and your body and what you function off of. And then a great way to wake up, this is just a little tiny hack that I love I use the app Sleep Cycle, and that is such a great app. It monitors my sleep. It lets me know when I dive into a deep REM cycle and um, how my quality of sleep that night, as well as it slowly wakes me up at the shallowest point of my REM cycle. So when I'm the least asleep, basically, it's going to wake me up between a 30-minute window, and I feel so, so, so much more rested waking up. Let's say I woke up at 6 a.m. instead of 6.30, I wake up during a shallow like REM cycle at 6 a.m. And I feel way more rested and alert and sharp than I do if I wake up at 6.30 in a dirt because I'm in a deep REM cycle when I feel just super groggy waking up and, and just nasty. So if you ever feel that way in the morning, just sluggish and slow and, and snoozing that alarm over and over, you're probably consistently waking up during a deep REM cycle. So get this app. I know a lot of smartwatches and other opportunities, they're usually way more expensive, but if you want to get a smartwatch or the some of the rings that, that monitor your sleep and all of that, those are really great op- options. But Sleep Cycle is a free app if you want to download that and start trying it out. It's such a game changer for getting up in the morning and for getting quality sleep. So that's a tip with getting more sleep. I also want to throw in there for any moms that are listening to this, um, I just want to come from the mother perspective real fast saying you're, I, I hear you when you're probably listening to this being like, well, Evie, ain't it nice for you, you single little <laughs> Pringle. Um, so I just want to say, if you are in a season of motherhood with really tiny littles and you are not able to get seven to nine hours of sleep, you are not a failure. <laughs> you are, you are mm-hmm. not unproductive. The thing that I would encourage is get as much sleep as you can if you can maybe take naps in the daytime to help with that. But again, I know sometimes it's like we want to sleep when our little sleeps, but then it's like, well, but then that's when I can actually be getting stuff done, aka being productive, which is what this episode's about. So I I would say find the balance that works best for you. But Mm -hmm. don't know that when we say like, make sure it's a top priority to get seven to nine hours of sleep. If that's not doable in this season, know that that season will not last forever. And you're going to be okay. Like you are doing fine. You are enough and you do not need to hustle and strive more if this is just not the season that that's it like able to happen for you. I just wanted to encourage anyone out there that was listening to that. That was like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, great. Yeah. Heard it. Thanks. (laughs) So just wanted to say that to all the moms. Yeah. That's something I want to touch on too. Naps are just as viable of an option as getting seven to nine hours of sleep. So if that is something that mamas are struggling with or or someone out there just for some reason with something going on in your life, you aren't able to get that seven to nine hours, naps are incredible, powerful tools. There are so many good books out there on the power of sleep. And I would really encourage that naps 
are just as viable as that full night of sleep. So even though you might feel that pressure and that pull to be productive and get something done, it might actually be, again, like we're saying, the most productive thing for you to sleep. So that's like giving you permission as a mama. If you need to take that nap, it's not lazy for you to take a nap when your little one is sleeping. Like that's sometimes the most productive thing that you can do. So if you need that permission too, that's something I want to tag on. That's just as viable of an option as working or as sleeping that full night. All right. Number three, create routines. Guys, studies have shown that creating routines and habits in our life sends our productivity through the roof. I mean, I kind of touched on this at the beginning, but I used to be that person that I didn't really have a routine. I would wake up. I would have, I would, I would kind of have a routine in the morning. I would, I would roughly do the same things, but it was never like in the right order or not right order, just in any order. It would kind of be lackadaisical. And then I would just kind of get into work whenever I felt like it. And while I was kind of getting stuff done, it wasn't efficient whatsoever. And my productivity was real low. Like I could have been working way less and accomplishing way more had I actually had a routine and like structure in place. So having a very set schedule when you're, when you start working and then when you end work is so important. So whether that's like, okay, I wake up, I have my coffee, I have a quiet time or Jesus time. Um, and then I shower or whatever it is, I work out and then starting work around the same time and then ending work at the same time. I know it seems counterproductive to end work when you're like, oh, I could just keep working all through the night. But I know Evie, you have a really good personal example with this. Cause I know, I think you work used to work like 18 hour days or something ridiculous. (laughs) And now you're pretty rigid on it. Do you want to speak to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I used to work 15 hour days, seven days a week. And I just was hustling super hard in my business. And, and it was a season where I could do that. And it, it was pretty healthy for a short season, but I knew it wasn't sustainable. And so I started really being intentional with my time and creating routines and habits. And now I start work. I'm usually sitting down after my whole morning routine and everything that's set up. I sit down to start work around 8 to 8.30 a.m. every day. And I shut off work between 4 and 5. It depends on the day and what's going on. But between 4 and 5, I never go past 5 p.m. It's shut off. I am done for the day. And that actually cutting it down to pretty much eight to five, I am way more productive than I was when I was pulling 15 hour days, seven days a week. I now work whatever that eight to five, five, six days a week, maximum six days. I always take at least one, sometimes two days off. And having those routines in place of every morning, I get up at a certain time, I go work out, I come home, I shower, I spend time with the Lord, I make breakfast, I eat breakfast, and then I sit down to work at 8 a.m. That's the other thing I just really quickly want to touch on. Having a very specific cut off time of work and start time of work really helps your brain lock in on what you're doing and fully engage to be productive rather than waking up and being like, oh, let me just, you know, do this. And I, I, I just do this. And, and almost like sliding through your day. And then you realize your brain never fully locked in on work and it's the end of the day and you really didn't get anything done because hand raised, I have been there. So yes, Lindsay, you can pick up from there, but that's my personal story of creating routines and it has changed my business life. Well, even, I mean, obviously, yes, having a start time and cutoff time, like we said, but even having a routine in the workday. So like she said, Mm -hmm. like you're not mindlessly sliding through the day because when you have like a set rhythm and a set structure in place of of when you work, when you take a break, 
Um, not just like, because I'm notorious for uh, doing this, which I really truly need help on. Um, so again, we're teaching this from a perspective of we all need help <laughs> um, <laughs> is like forgetting to eat or forgetting, like getting so caught up in your work that you forget to take a lunch break. Um, mm-hmm. I am so bad at that. And so just having those structures, having like that rhythm of the day that you know exactly what's next and what's coming next and even scheduling in those breaks, because then you you won't be wasting time thinking, oh, what's next? It, like it'll just flow and it, it will actually create space for you to accomplish so much more. Um, the mm-hmm. other thing is posture. Do not lay down or do not slouch. Don't, do not, please, for the love of dear God, I know some of you probably do this. I used to do this too. Do not work from your couch because mm-hmm. the mindset that happens with that is like your couch is where you relax or your bed. Mm -hmm. Same thing. A lot of people used to, or could probably, I can't talk. A lot of people probably either work from their bed or from their couch because, oh, I I work from home. I can. I have the flexibility. I can wear leggings. I can wear pajamas. Like it doesn't matter. But if you actually get dressed, I mean, that can still be a part of your routine. If you get dressed and you actually work somewhere that's not where you're slouching or laying down or where you rest, your brain then associates, okay, if I have a space like whether or not you have an office or a desk or even just a corner of your living room that that's like the workspace, if that's mm-hmm. where work is and then the couch or the bed or whatever else is for rest, then it, your brain associates those two places with work and rest and it's not mixing signals. So when you get to the couch, your brain might feel tired, but you're supposed to be working. But that's because you've been mm-hmm. lounging on the couch and watching Netflix and at night or something like that. So making sure that those mm-hmm. spaces are very separate and that your posture is good. Um, Andrew's trying to get me a standing desk, which I fought him for so long. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to stand. That's annoying. Um, but then Evie talked to me about how important posture was. And I was like, oh, I, I should do that. Okay. That makes sense. Because when you're standing, you're more engaged. Your mind's more alive. Mm-hmm. Your mind's alive. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's actually crazy because your posture, your your body sends signals to your brain of how it should be operating. So not only is it correlating, you know, oh, my bed, this is where I sleep. And so your brain wants to start shutting down, but it's actually your posture as well. So if your back is slouched, if you are hunched over, if you are like half laying down on the couch or in your bed, your body actually is firing signals up into your brain that is telling your brain and shutting off the different like neuropathways and, and different sections sections of your brain that are saying, okay, it's rest time. So it's not only just an association thing that our brains do, but it's actually a physical, uh, like engagement that happens with our brains. When we stand up, like sit up or stand up straight and tall, our brain immediately, it's like, imagine a house where as you slouch, the lights begin turning off in the different rooms. That's what's happening in your brain as you're slouching or or hunching over. And the minute you stand up tall, all lights are on. Like it's Christmas time at the most annoying family in the neighborhood who goes all out with like a million dollar light display. That's what's going on in your head when you stand up tall. So that in and of itself, creating a routine of standing or sitting up straight when you're working or alternating between the two, your productivity, I challenge anyone listening to this, try it out. Try it out for one week and see what you're able to get done instead of slouching on the couch or the bed because I used to do that and trust me, it is a game changer when you switch that. 
I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking yes. I've definitely been there, and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you. Guys, our content creation guide is pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from, or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels empty every time you step up to the plate, uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye, writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com slash content or click the link in the show notes. Now go kick some butt and create some content. Hey, Heart fam. We had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part, (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. All right. And then number four, create a game plan. Guys, this might be where I nerd out if I haven't already nerded out a lot. This is going to be talking about lists, which I am a nerd about now. I also want to, you know what? I want to just clarify I, I know we talk a little bit about the Enneagram. I am an Enneagram 7. Enneagram 7s are notorious for being the most floozy, like, loosey-goosey, spontaneous, unstructured people ever. So if anyone's listening to this and being like, okay, Evie, look, I get it. You're a total, like, structure nerd. You're all about the lists and the productivities and the studies and, like, that's just your personality. That is not actually my personality. This has been years of trial and error and struggle because I was the most unstructured person ever. And I struggled with being productive simply because I would get so distracted and so like just 
my brain would just not function because I was excited about something else. And, oh, let's try this. And, oh, I should nap. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I should do this. So if anyone out there is being like, Evie, this is just you and your personality, it's really not. This is actually something that you can begin to implement and see a change in regardless of your personality, whether you're a structured or unstructured person, you love lists, you hate them. This is just something that you can implement in your life and your business. And I just wanted to raise my hand and be like, I am a living example of that. Mm, Yes. So anyways, Back to this. Number four, creating that game plan and those lists. Create a to-do list and a weekly schedule every week before your work week starts. So for some of you, that might be on Sunday. For some of you, that might be on Monday. Whatever that looks like, just sit down and make sure you know your schedule for the week and you know the top priority things that are going to be happening that week that need to be done. Make sure you're assigning due dates by them. So if something's not due until Saturday, probably don't start working on it Monday when there's a task due on Tuesday. Pay attention to those due dates on things and then sit down and tackle the hard things first. Don't open up your email inbox because that feels productive and and it feels priority to you. If there's a blog post that's due on Friday and you're opening up your computer on Monday and being like, I haven't even started on this, start on that blog post, start on editing that gallery, start on finishing that product for that client, start on shipping out that batch order for a client, start on something that feels hard and make sure you're doing the big move the needle tasks in your business before you work on anything else. Mm. I know this is a easy thing to get caught up in as a small business owner and an entrepreneur. We so easily want to focus on the smaller tasks because they're easier to check off and knock off. And so we feel more productive, but that's leaving the most important tasks, which are usually the big hard ones. It's literally just leaving those to the side and saying those aren't important and those don't get done. But when you sit down every day and actually focus on the big tasks that are going to move the bottom line of your business and propel you forward, that's when you're starting to see some serious productivity go on in your day. Yes. And we also want to give you some practical apps or softwares or software, softwares. I'm saying that absolutely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Softwares. I think it's software. Mm -mm. It's software. Unless I'm absolutely wrong. Oh, mm, it's fine. It's fine. Software. I'm going to go with it. (laughs) apps and softwares that can help productivity or just task management, especially if you have a team or even if you're working on your own, a lot of these can help. So one of them is the swipe app. That's a really good one. If you just want to have a, like a physical swipe where you can like whoop, swoop. It also makes a really fun sound. It's like ching or something like that when you swipe it. Yeah. So if you're like a, a rewards-based person, that's a fun Yeah. App. So there's also Monday, which is what we use. It's an app and a software on your computer. Um, that's what we use for our team. Our assistant, Rachel, freaking loves it. You can make boards and tasks and assign people to them and then have little conversations in there. Similar, similar um, softwares to Monday are things like Trello, Asana. I know there's Wonderlist too. Um, or there's the freaking iPhone reminders app, guys. You don't have to be fancy. Ain't gotta be fancy. Um, <laughs> there's, I mean, that like comes with the iPhone. Or, okay, listen, guys, there's this really, really wild concept. And I know. You, you probably haven't thought of it or considered it, but dudes, this, this is a game freaking changer. It's cutting edge technology, guys. Paper and wait for it. Pen. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you so if you are an old fashioned person, freaking write down on paper and pen or in a notebook and write down a to do list. If you just don't like technology or that just isn't how your brain works, you have to actually write it down and cross it off with like an mm-hmm. actual pen. Then do that. Like I know Evie, that's what you do, right? Yeah. I so I I utilize Monday obviously a ton and I utilize like Google Drive and and my calendar for keeping me really organized, but my day-to-day list is always in a pen and paper and notebook and I love that thing 100%, but it's also online. So if you are going to use paper and pen, just make sure you have it correlated like electronically as well. So if you're on the go and you don't have your notebook with you, you can make sure you're checking up on tasks and things. Yeah. But ultimately just find a system that works for you. It doesn't have to be what everyone else is doing. It just has to work for you and you have to actually be willing to use it or do it. So make sure it's something that you're actively wanting to use and that will actually work to make you more productive and that you'll write things down or put them on a digital thing, app. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just trailed off there at the end, but you know, it's it's good. (laughs) Just find something that works for you guys. That's the bottom line. All right. And the fifth way to be more productive. Tip number five is to set rules and boundaries. This is a huge one. My personal favorite way to do this is to say no. (laughs) All right. Say that with more authority, girl. Say no. No. There you go. All right. We'll stop. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) We'll stop screaming in your earbuds. But that is a really great way to create boundaries and to prioritize what is most important to you. And this can look so different depending on what stage in your business, it, what stage in your business you're in or where your priorities fall. I found I had to st- sometimes start saying no to opportunities that people presented me with. But even though they were good opportunities, like I would maybe get asked to guest write a blog post on somebody else's website. And while that might have given me exposure is it worth it at the end of the day to promote somebody else's business or build my own? That's what I kind of had to think through. And so sometimes saying no is a really great way to prioritize your own business and be way more productive in your own business than just throwing your hands all around and offering everybody everywhere an opportunity when they ask. And I know this can be so hard if you're a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser and I, I care about what people think. And so sometimes it's hard to say no and to have that firm authority, but backing it up and remembering what the most important part is, is like what what's your priority? Um, a really good example yeah. that I can think of in my life is I started getting asked a lot as my business grew and as my platform grew, I started getting asked asked a lot more to have coffee dates or especially because I live in Hawaii and a lot of people will come and go like they're vacationing. And so I would get asked and I still do. I get asked a lot to have coffee with people and whether it's to pick my brain or to just have coffee and like as a friend. And it gets so overwhelming when you get asked that like 10 times a week. Um, and it's not that I don't like want to be friends with everybody or I'm like snooty and high and on my horse. It's that I'm already busy with work. And so my off time, I want to spend that with my daughter and with my husband and with my friends. And it's not that I'm against making more friends, but so often I have to think about what's the most, like the biggest priority for this season in my life. And it's oftentimes not meeting a stranger who just wants to talk to me for 10 minutes or whatever. It's spending time with my family. And so while that might be received 
poorly, you have to come to a point where you have to figure out your boundaries and you have to figure out what your yeses are and what your noes are. And for me, that was one of them as I as I grew my business and as more people kept talking or asking me for it, which can be so hard. And I, I don't know, Evie, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think both of us have really struggled with that because we care so much about our people and and that's been a really challenging thing for both of us to navigate over the past few years, but there's a really great book, guys, if you want to know more about just saying no and, and finding those those priorities, that one priority in your life. Uh, it's a book called Essentialism. I'm forgetting the author right now and I don't want to pull it up, but uh, it's just a really great book on, on how to say no and how to prioritize your life and your business and just being able to recognize what is most important in that moment and being able to say no. And he gives a couple of great options of of ways to say no. And I think Lindsay and I are planning to do an entire podcast episode on how to say no to help you guys out in this area. But if people are pulling on your time when you are planning to do a batch work day or you're tackling a hard project, you're in the middle of busy season or whatever, I think we need to become way more comfortable with the word no. And this is something I'm still learning and growing in. I think, Lindsay, you are too. But being willing to say no when we would ideally love to say yes, but recognizing that is not on my priority right now. This That's not going to get me towards this first, number one priority that I've set in my life. And so if it's, if it's not a 100% yes, heck yes, absolutely, then it's automatically a no. That's a really good uh, tell. Like if you get asked to do something and your immediate gut reaction is like, then it's probably a no. Mm -hmm. If you're not like, hell yes, I'm going to do that or I want to do that, then it's probably a no. Yes, 100%. Yeah, that's a big tell for me now. That's something that I've really begun to use as a guide in my business. But on top of that, saying no to distractions, uh, turning off your phone turning your computer onto airplane mode, on your phone onto airplane mode, put that distraction in the other room, literally put your phone in the other room, guys. If you're working on a batch work task or trying to focus in on one task, get that out of the way. Say no to those distractions and that productivity resulting from saying those no's, oh my gosh, let me just tell you, game freaking changer. And then creating the rules for yourself as far as working and resting. This is a big game changer for me as well. So working for specific amounts of time, this also really applies to batch working. I do not ever recommend batch working for like six plus hours without any breaks. It's so important to take breaks. So working for usually an hour, 60 to 90 minutes is most ideal for batch working times. So work for like 60 to 90 minutes on a project and then take a break. Usually like 10 to 15 minutes is ideal. Um, So setting those rhythms and those routines and those rules for yourself of, okay, I'm going to work on this task for 60 minutes or 90 minutes, and then I'm going to take a 15-minute break. I'm going to step outside. I am going to get some fresh air. I'm going to get some water. I'm going to do some stretches. I am going to go hug and kiss my husband or play with my puppy or whatever that looks like for you. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to work for 60 to 90 minutes, and then I'm going to do it again. And there are some great uh, ways you can do this. There's, There's like Chrome plugins. There are apps on your phone to create that routine and those rhythms of when the alarm goes off at 90 minutes, you then have an alarm begin for 15 minutes and you can start that 
that rhythm again of taking that break. But creating those rules for yourself of resting in the midst of those batch work days is so important to give your brain a break and allow it to reset before diving back in. Yeah. Another way that you can use setting rules and boundaries for yourself is to take a day off, take a Sabbath, whether it's the weekend, like the actual Saturday, Sunday weekend, or if, if your work requires you to work on the cultural weekends, then make your own weekend in the middle of the week if you're flexible and you can do that. But basically prioritizing relaxation, rest, and fun. Like remember to have fun, guys. Mm-hmm. Remember to set those boundaries so that you you have fun and you can come back to your work refreshed and energized and ready to actually kill it. Because when you have those breaks and you prioritize rest and fun, you're going to come back fresher, sharper, and ready to be more productive. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the reality is if you work yourself into the ground, you're going to be tired, overworked, burnt out, and you're not actually getting as much done as you think, which is, yeah, I have so many thoughts on this, but seriously, guys, being in the hustle mentality of not taking breaks, not setting rules, doing everything all at once, I just want to say from personal experience, your productivity is in the garbage and with this needs to change now. So taking those breaks, setting those rules and boundaries for yourself and creating that space where your body, your brain, your mind, your creativity, your productivity is able to flourish and blossom. Like I know it seems counterproductive to be like, hey, take breaks. It's not. It's really not. It's so vital to you being more productive and to getting more done in your days. And guys, we're coming at you from the perspective, like, everything that we're telling you on this episode, we have freaking done. We have done it wrong, like, for sure. (laughs) Um, And I feel like both of us, because we love our job so much, we just, we dove on in, not really knowing how to be productive or how to run a business. We just were like, la-li-da, let's do this thing. And I think (laughs) a lot of people start businesses like that because they're starting it from a passion. And they're Mm -hmm. starting it from, like, just this place of, of passion and creativity, but this is stuff that we have to learn along the way. And so Evie and I have learned this. We're still working through a lot of it, honestly. But Mm -hmm. we wanted to share these tips with you today just to help you be more productive because being more productive is ultimately going to save you time. You're going to work less and live more, which is ultimately what we all want to do, right? Yes. (laughs) So Your job should not run your lives. I think that's something we just want to clarify. Like your job should not be your entire life, even if you're obsessed with it and super passionate. Lindsay and I are obsessed with and so passionate about our jobs and our businesses and what we do, but that can't run our lives. That can't be our entire life. Like there is so much more to life than just working. Even though we were built to work, there is something so powerful and beautiful about working that can't be everything that you do. So being able to find that balance, being super productive, mega productive during your days, and then being mega relaxed and enjoying your life and the life that your business is creating for you, that balance needs to begin being a vital part of everything that we do and work towards in our businesses. Yes. So as a recap, the five ways to be more productive. Number one, batch work set days for certain tasks. Number two, get more sleep. It ain't cool to do all-nighters, y'all. Get that sleep. (laughs) Number three, create routines. Have a very strict schedule for yourself for a work time start and work time end. And then even during the workday, have a very strict routine of how you're working and when you're breaking. That will help productivity a lot. Number four, create a game plan. Get that list going, create it, plug it in, move the big needle or put the big needle things on the top so that way you're tackling those first and then move on through. And number five, 
set rules, set boundaries, say no. That that was all the, the number five. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is something that Lindsay and I are super passionate about, especially as we are tackling more and more and more things all at once in our businesses. This is everything that we implement to make sure we are getting everything done and also still relaxing, resting, and enjoying our lives and our families and our friends and our time. So if this episode spoke to you, if you are going to begin to implement some of these things or have started implementing them and seeing changes in your business in your life, send us a DM or a screenshot, tag us in your stories. We would love to hear from you and love to see how this episode is impacting you. And don't forget to swipe up join our Facebook group. We have such an amazing community going on in there. Lindsay and I pop in there all the time. We love talking to you, asking you questions, engaging with you, hearing how the episodes are speaking to you, what you're wanting to hear, all that goodness. So make sure you are joining that Facebook group. And then if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Lindsay at Mrs. Lindsay Roman on Instagram. You can follow The Heart University, which is our education platform. You can follow us over there at The Heart University. And then you can follow little old me on Instagram as well at Evie Rub. And we hope you guys go have an incredible week. Kick some butt, guys. We are cheering you on. We will talk to you later. Bye-bye.